Holy Spirit, speak through your word as you always do. And do what you always do there. That is, you create faith, you sustain faith, you point us, stick us to Jesus and what he's done for us. So as you speak now, do that in us. Enlighten our minds, our hearts to see what you have for us. To make us your disciples, Jesus, and to give us deeper faith, hope, trust, and thanksgiving for what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you know that the Bible is good for your health? Did you know that? I'm serious. Not just your spiritual health, which you might say, okay, it's good for your spirit. Yes, yes, it is. Did you know the Bible is even good for your physical health? So you don't seem convinced. In the last 10 or so plus years, there has been a growing body of research in actually a number of different ways. We're only going to talk about one today, but I don't need to talk about that yet. First, I want to read you just two verses, and we're going to focus on one. You heard it from 1 Thessalonians. Paul wrote to the Christians there, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, and here it is, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks in all circumstances. There's a growing body of research in the last 10 years and a little beyond of the science of thankfulness. Have you heard about it? Or science of gratitude. And maybe you've seen it in forms of uh, gratitude journals being in bookstores more, maybe in the last 10 years than before. I don't, ringing bells to anybody, that's okay. Uh, and what is happening is, is many people at uh, non-Christian, public, secular universities are, are doing uh, a lot of research and finding, lo and behold, that being thankful uh, is good for you. And not just like, hey, that's good, you should do that like eating broccoli or something. No, really, like, let, let me read some of this. There's, uh, there's a couple articles, there's many, do a simple search, you'll find one, the title is from NPR in 2018, the title was this, if you feel thankful, write it down, it's good for your health. And then here I'm going to read an excerpt from, from University of Southern California. It says, practicing gratitude can have profound health benefits. This is just from a few years ago, 2019. Direct quote, it says, benefits associated with gratitude include better sleep, more exercise, reduced symptoms of physical pain, lower levels of inflammation, lower blood pressure, and a host of other things we associate with better health. Isn't that interesting? It's not a magic elixir. It's not a little uh, health pill you might take, a little vitamin. It's even better than that. It's being thankful. That does seem strange, doesn't it? Well, the article continues. Uh, an expert the one at USC who does studies on this and studied how gratitude even changes your brain. So he's a neuroscientist studying that. But he says the limits of gratitude's health benefits are really only in how much you pay attention to feeling and practicing gratitude. Now, you might get a warm glow from expressing gratitude once a year at Thanksgiving, 
But to truly derive long-lasting benefits, experts say you should make it a part of your daily or weekly routine. Scientific evidence from gratitude research backs up a few typical approaches, but really writing down every day what you're grateful for is the best way, is what it says. Now, there's an, another study from years ago that says another thing that's actually really, really good for your physical health and maybe the best thing we can find is actually coming to worship every week. Doesn't that seem wild? That is true. That's from a Harvard Public Health study. That's another uh, sermon for another day. Today is on thankfulness. Lastly, in the article, he says, similar to working out, the more you practice, the better you get. And the more you practice, the easier it is to feel grateful when you need to. So better sleep, more exercise, uh, less physical pain, less inflammation, lower blood pressure. That sounds like good stuff, doesn't it? Who thought uh, simply obeying one of the shortest verses in the Bible would do that for you? Yes, the Bible is, in fact, good for your health. Isn't that kind of wild? I want to talk about that one verse today. First it says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, but here it is, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now before we get to the give thanks part, the second part is this is the will of God. That kind of struck me a bit this week. Often when we talk about the will of God, we often, I think, uh, today at least approach it in a mysterious way of wondering, like, well, I don't actually know what God wants here. You know, I wonder what God's will might be, as if we almost never know it, and we have to kind of close our eyes, pray, and, you know, hope for the best. What is God's will? Well, Paul writes about this as if he clearly, plainly knows it's God's will for you to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. Oh. Do you know that all over the pages of the Bible, God is telling us his will. Here's some of it. A few verses before was some other of it. It says, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but seek to do good. Oh, that's God's will for us followers of Jesus. We don't get to repay anyone evil for evil. We actually are supposed to forgive our enemies, love them, pray for them as Jesus himself taught us. And even more than this, what, what does God tell his people? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. We could run down the list of the, of the Ten Commandments. Have no other gods. Uh, remember the Sabbath day. Keep God's name holy. Honor your father and mother. Do not commit a murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. All of these things. Look at all of those. And I bet much, a lot of our life, maybe 90% of the, our life in the days we live, if we look for, hey, I wonder what God's will is here, it's probably already there for us. You don't have to sit at a red light and say, I wonder what God's will is for me. Is it to run this red light, to save a minute, going, going to the store? Or, no, God has said, obey the laws of where you are and be a faithful citizen, right? But this one makes me stumble. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Much of my life, I probably would have just said, you know, some of you are a glass full, half full kind of people. I'm more of a glass empty kind of guy, so uh, 
I'm not good at the regular practice of gratitude journaling or for, like I can see the negative in a situation quicker than I can see a positive. I'm not saying I like that about me. I just know that about myself. My wife's the opposite, so it really is helpful uh, that, that we're together. So I would come to that and say, well, I, you know, I, I could probably imagine some circumstances that you probably shouldn't give thanks in. And you could probably think of that too, right? Paul, how can you tell us to give thanks in all circumstances? People go through some pretty terrible things. People are currently going through some pretty terrible, maybe some of you are going through some pretty terrible seasons or circumstances. And it might seem insensitive at best to say, be thankful. So what's going on here? If uh, me, the uh, skeptic or, or better term you might use for myself as a realist, but really that's skeptic about, okay, can we really give thanks in all circumstances? But here we have God's word saying it, which should be enough for me. Uh, and then you have a loads of hard science in the last 10 to 20 years saying, no, actually, regularly regimented, forcing yourself to write down what you are thankful for is actually uh, good for your body. It changes your cells. That's how good it is for you. Now, before, you and I might jump to kind of papering over it and thinking, you know, how, how, we couldn't possibly say this and all. People really go through some hard stuff. This is over the top. Like, this is sentimental. You know, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks, and also, yep, sounds good, but, you know, we shouldn't try it all the time. Well, guess what? Here's Paul. Remember I told you earlier, this is probably the earliest book of the New Testament written down. If you follow along the story in Acts 17, you can see where Paul is, where he's going on his second missionary journey. And uh, scholars can piece together where he was and a lot of when he wrote books to different churches. And so what is going on with the Thessalonians? Well, already Paul was just in Philippi. What happened in Philippi? He was put in jail. He's already been imprisoned for telling people that Jesus lived and died and rose for them. Now God miraculously uh, saved them, and the jailer and his whole family came to faith and were baptized. But he's already been imprisoned for the faith. Now when Paul was at Thessalonica, close to that time, what happens? He goes there as he's traveling and tells people, you know, Jesus is the Messiah. He is the answer to all of the promises we've been told in God's word. And, and he's God himself who, who has taken on our sin and shame and, and died for you and rose for you. And he's alive and, and he's preaching the good news to be. And some believed. And a small church was formed. But a large other crowd got mad. Like, oh, no, we don't like this. We're going we're gonna to lose our power. We're going to lose our, our prestige. And they dishonestly whipped up an angry mob in Thessalonica. And this angry mob was so big that it drove Paul out. But what does that mean? That means the very first Christians in Thessalonica suffered from the beginning for their faith. There was never a day for the Christians that Paul is writing to in this letter, there was never a day where they simply believed and trusted in the goodness and grace of Jesus, and it was easy. It was always hard. And to those that were suffering, that, and you can read through Acts and find that they were still suffering, and then Paul writes them to encourage them, and so much of 1 Thessalonians is about them suffering for the faith. So Paul has already been threatened uh, 
mobbed, pushed out of town, nearly murdered by stones. That already happened. He's been imprisoned. All of these things. And these Thessalonian Christians suffered from the day they trusted in Jesus. And here he has the nerve to say, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So the real question is, how on earth can Paul say that? How, how on earth can someone honestly look people in the face who have suffered and loved ones maybe have died for the faith already and going through great ongoing hardship, how can you look them honestly in the eye and say, give thanks in all circumstances? How? Why? What makes that even possible? And it, for me, this is where the scientific research, which I find really interesting, because there's as I said, a lot of things about what God has told us in the scriptures being uh, kind of proven in social sciences right now, which I think is wonderful, but, but it's always a, a dead end to me, because there's no answer to why. Well, why should you have a gratitude journal and, and write all these things down and do that daily or weekly? And there's plenty of articles of how to do it, and what the benefits are to your your health and your relationships, and that's great, but, what's, but why? Just because it's good for you? I mean, you all know that kale is good for you, but I don't see that on your Christmas list, right? There are plenty of things that are good for you, and that, that's it? You know what Paul's answer is? The reason Paul, the why for Paul, the reason that he can look the Thessalonians and look you and I in the face with all honesty and passion and still say, give thanks in all circumstances, is simply because if Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, the worst is already over. That's it. Whatever it is. If Jesus is risen, the worst is over. That doesn't mean your hardship isn't hard. And as I said what Paul's been through and the Thessalonians have been through and what they will go through, it, it is. And you don't have to paper over that. You can be honest about uh, evil being evil and hard being hard. But if Jesus is risen, the worst is over. You are new creation. If you are baptized into Christ, you are buried and raised with him. You see, our hope as Christians is not believe in Jesus and your life will get easier and everything will smooth out. And you'll get a great job, and you'll have a great family, and life will be successful. That's not the gospel. The gospel is better than that. The gospel is that if Jesus is risen from the dead, your worst sin, your worst evil, it does not define you. Jesus crucified that with himself. It's done. It's over. And you're forgiven. And if Jesus is risen, that means whatever evil has been done to you, it's not the end of you. And God is good, and God is just, and God does care. See, our Christian hope is not simply that believe and life goes smoothly. No, it's that Christ is risen from the dead. He was killed. He was killed for us. And so Paul's looking at people that, yes, are suffering greatly, and he says, give thanks in all circumstances, whether he writes many of his letters from a prison cell, and he writes things like, not this one, but many others, and he writes the same types of things. Why? Because if Jesus 
is God himself come for us, died and rose for you and for me, then you and I have a joy and you and I have hope and you and I have thanksgiving that you can have at the same time in hardship. And whatever goes wrong in your life, it doesn't kick out the joy out. It doesn't kick the thanksgiving out. It just means something's going wrong. Are you going through a hard season or, or uh, you're wrestling w- with something profound? Jesus comes and joins you there, which can make us thankful. Now, I don't know how this part of God's word reaches you today. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm convicted of I need to journal more about thankfulness. When I, when I, full disclosure, when I go back and look at my own journals, I tend to only journal on bad days. <laughs> so I do the exact opposite. So I was like, oh, no, forgive me. Uh, I need, you know, better health. I have to journal thankfulness. So I tend to, because I tend to think, okay, well, you know, clear your mind. So write down crummy stuff, clear your mind, and then, then move on. And I say, wait a second, if people like find my journal 100 years later, they're like, oh man, he only had bad days. <laughs> I was like, no, I, I actually don't journal on the good days, they're just good days. So I, I personally, I need to take God's word seriously uh, and the science of it and flip that around. So I don't know what that means to you today or what you've been going through or, or what, uh, what hardship or what circumstances are going for you. But God means it. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will of God. Not to pretend that hard isn't hard, but to fully believe that Jesus is risen. And if he is risen, the worst is over and the best is yet to come. Amen.